0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. We are getting ready for week one of the NFL season. Yeah, you might be looking at this and be like, eh, it's August. There's still a lot of time to be had before the slate locks, but there's nothing better than some early NFL talk, some way too early salary analysis. And that is what myself, my co-host Julian Edla, will be doing the next 30 minutes or so as we dive into the salaries that were released last week over on DraftKings. If you're watching this now, we're recording this on August 2nd, so obviously there's going to be some shelf life to this. Things may change, but as we look at things right now, this is what we're seeing here on DraftKings as we get ready to make our lineups. Julian, let's just get right into it. A couple of things yep. to note before we start getting into this. Uh, I just want to point out some of the highest projected games on this slate, because obviously that's going to be into a factor in building some of your lineups. Uh, Cardinals and Titans, over under that one of 51. We have three games on this slate as we record with an over under in the 50s. Uh, Browns at Chiefs 52 and a half for that baby right there. Packers at Saints is the other game on the slate with an over under of 50. Obviously the news that Aaron Rodgers is back in the mix obviously made some changes there. But let's get right into the positional breakdown of this slate. So right off the bat, the three most expensive quarterback options on this slate, Patrick Mahomes 8100, Kyler Murray 7600, Josh Allen 7400. I think what is really going to be the story at this position and probably a lot of positions because this is a very highly coveted class rookie class that's entering here but a lot of guys are going to feel like they are mispriced and when i look at this slate here the first one that kind of jumped out at me was jalen hurts at 6400 going up against what is going to be most likely one of the worst secondaries in the league once again with the Atlanta Falcons, there is so much to like, I think, about Jalen Hurts going into this matchup at just 6,400. When he had a clean pocket last year, 67.7% adjusting completion percentage. Obviously, it was not a secret that the Eagles had one of the worst offensive lines in the league, but that had a lot of injuries that they were dealing with, too. And they're going to be getting a lot of these guys back. Maybe they get something from Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, who was injured all last season. What do we see from him now that he's healthy? And then, of course, the shiny new toy in this offense with Devonta Smith, who we're probably going to talk about in a little bit here. But when I look at the whole landscape of quarterback, did Jalen Hurts kind of jump out at you? Because that was the guy I was like, man, it is going to be tough to pass him in a cash game lineup.
1: Yeah, uh, for cash purposes, yes, um, and I know that you're going to talk about stacking them with Smith. I think that this is one of the guys uh, in cash for sure that you can play, you know, on an island because of the rushing. yards. Sure. You just look at the game log. He finished the season, the Washington game, eight carries for only 34 yards, but two touchdowns, nine for 69 against Dallas. 11 for 63 in a touchdown against Arizona 18 for one Oh six in his first start against new Orleans. You're going to get points running the ball and you're going to get them cheap. So this isn't a, you know, a guy like Lamar Jackson, who's not on this slate. He's got the mighty night opener in Vegas. Um, without the hype, without the, the, the inflated salary. So Jalen hurts is definitely a guy at 6,400 and then it's against, Atlanta, who should score some points against Philly's defense, make Hertz have to keep his, his foot on the gas, and just never has a good defense. And what do they do with their fourth overall pick again? They use it on a pass catcher. So, same old, same old from Atlanta, who allowed the second most DraftKings fantasy points to quarterback last year. So, yeah, I'm with you on Hertz. He's one of the guys I had written down. Um, and before we go to the top of the board, I guess, which we, we should talk about, another guy I had written down pivot playoff hurts 6,500 100 bucks more you mentioned the totals highest week one total Arizona has a bad defense Tennessee despite the Mike Vrabel reputation bad defense they get a lot out of and then they here's the thing about Tennessee and I'll say his name Ryan Tannehill 6,500 bucks they have the defensive reputation Mm -hmm. they have the running the ball reputation Derek Henry uh, Henry's legit but they sling it with Tannehill Right, who has Brown and adds Julio. They're gonna pass the ball a lot against Arizona at home. Yep. I think that Ryan Tannehill's in a really great spot. Um, maybe Julio gets a little bit of the hype as as the new guy, and you just bring it back with the guy Brown that's that's been there and been putting up the numbers and has a higher um, season long prop for receiving yards. Brown is above Julio. I, I kind of like that for for week one. Um, and then to the top of the board, you know, you got Kyler Murray on the other side of that uh, matchup at 7,600, $500 cheaper than Mahomes, the most expensive guy hosting Cleveland. Let me just, you can give me your thoughts on Tannehill and this one other guy that I have circled at the same time. Deshaun Watson is $6,900 hosting Jacksonville. Yep. The narrative could not be, or the public perception on Deshaun Watson could not be any lower right now. And who knows what he has going on. Personally, but if he's able to be on the field, if he's cleared to be on the field week one, hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars, that's a bad defense at home. A guy that can sling it, that has okay receivers. You know, Cooks is a guy, um, a guy that can (laughs) run it. He's Deshaun Watson at 6,900 is going to be a guy, maybe at least from an ownership perspective, people are going to go, I'm not playing that guy. And then you play him in a GPP and cash.
0: I, I really worry about Watson. Like you say, like he has some okay receivers. Like, I think that's honestly just being generous. Like there is no more Will Fuller, Fuller. you know, obviously when he was on the field, which was not much, not something you could bank on. That was kind of his security blanket. stands. DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have that anymore either. I mean, Brandon Cooks obviously is a great downfield threat when he's healthy. He is <clears throat> dynamic, but I don't know how much I'm going to trust him against a fully rebuilt Jacksonville Jaguars team. I think the Tannehill call is is interesting. I mean, that Arizona secondary is going to be bad. Uh, mm-hmm. They they are going to be a problem. They did a, they had a um, upgraded at safety, so obviously that's fine. But you look at the cast of characters that they have a cornerback, and they added Malcolm Butler like that. I don't know how much of an upgrade that really is. I mean, no team in NF, in the NFL ran more Cover One than the Cardinals last season. puts a lot of pressure on the team's quarterbacks. And now we have the Titans coming in with Julio Jones, with AJ Brown, with Derrick Henry on the ground. There's a lot that you have to worry about on this Tennessee team. So with the lack of depth, really, and the lack of uh, talent on that Cardinals corner, you know, on the in the, on the with their cornerbacks, it's going to be an issue. So I would much rather play Tannehill. The ownership is by far going to be on Tannehill compared between Deshaun Watson. You know, maybe Deshaun Watson is more of a tournament play. Maybe Deshaun Watson is that guy you look at in large field GPPs. But in the grand scheme of things, when I look at some of these guys who are vastly, you know, feel underpriced, like, you know, Jalen Hurts, like a returning Joe Burrow at 5700 going up against the Vikings, you know, there's just so many other options that I would rather go to, safer options, I should say, than what really might end up being an overpriced Deshaun Watson. He's only a $100 more than Aaron Rodgers. Like, are you really going to pay up the $100 more to play Deshaun Watson, or are you just going to go down and play Aaron Rodgers or go down 200 and play Justin Herbert against the Washington um, uh, football team?
1: You know? Six weeks before the NFL season starts right now, I'm calling it on the Unreasonable Odds podcast, and I'm sticking to it the whole time. I'm not going to change my mind until Deshaun Watson is ruled out week one. Deshaun Watson outscores Aaron Rodgers week one.
0: Wow. Okay, mark that down. You have a little notepad there. Scribble it down. The timestamp and everything that you made that, so we can go back to this later. I did scribble <laughs> it down.
1: The problem is okay, I go. don't know what time we started the podcast, so all the notes I'm <laughs> taking for Samir are all messed up.
0: Okay, um, going down the board a little bit here. You know, there's some interesting names down in that low five k range. I mean, two is fifty four hundred going against the Patriots. Two are at fifty four hundred. Not going there. A t- really? I have not the at state list. Well, oh, Please explain. I'd love to hear this.
1: What do you like about Tua?
0: Well, the salary. I think, you're a,
1: I think I'm probably of the popular opinion here. I think, to, I mean,
0: the salary is just too low. At 5,400, I think that's just just too low. He ended last season 5,100. That was one of the lowest that we saw him uh, since he took over that starting role. So really only a 300 difference from where he was to end last season. But I mean, I can't you can't say that he didn't have some good games against the Patriots last year. You know, I, you look at that game in week 15, 20 for 26 for 145 yards, didn't throw a touchdown in that one, but ran in for two touchdowns, and that's the upside see, with that's Tua. why
1: see you're not gonna get three carries for nine yards and two touchdowns again. You take the two rushing touchdowns out, you're at seven point seven DraftKings points.
0: Well, I under I understand that that you know it's obviously if you take that part of it out but
1: would you and say they that- play week one against them so these good games against the patriots last year are a dud saved by two rushing touchdowns
0: but how good do you think the patriots secondary is going to be this year Do you really think that they are going to be at that elite level once again
1: i think, I think that has to a be a very- question i think the patriots are gonna have a very good defense and i think tua definitely got help he has he had Decent receivers there in place already. And you add Will Fuller and you draft Jalen Waddle, who Tua has already, is already familiar with from Alabama, and right. um, plays to Tua's strengths. Forget that they've played together. Waddle's a deep ball receiver, and Tua's a deep ball thrower. So I think that's going to help him a lot. Um, I think Tua's going to have a better year. I'm not looking week one at New England to necessarily go after him. I would, a few places I would, rather go in the neighborhood i'd rather just go in the same game and pay the same price for cam newton who ran all over the dolphins last year and should be running again and has better pass catchers the two tight ends um whatever at receiver but you got the tight ends (laughs) and then here's the price range that i really have circled there's only two guys in the 57 to 5900 range and that is baker mayfield for 5900 at the chiefs gonna have to keep Mm -hmm. up and OBJ is back. You got the talent. The Browns are going to be good this year. Good running backs, but I think Baker Mayfield just has to keep up in that game and plays pretty well. And 5,700, if Joe Burrow's fully healthy, which we're hearing he is, at home against Minnesota, one of the most pass-happy offenses in the league when Burrow was in the lineup last year, I think yep. the Bengals in general are underpriced on this slate. Um, Mayfield and Burrow are kind of my favorite players. Price point right there to get below 6K on two guys that could have elite week one games.
0: Not only that, but especially with Burrow, if you stack him with any of his receivers, they're all just too cheap. They're all way too cheap. Tyler Boyd, 5,200. Chase, 4,800. T. Higgins, 4,700.
1: Like, you could. So that's legit- what we were going to get to. I was, like, kind of saving them because we're going to go position yeah. by position. but. Okay, uh, tees, tees. Yeah, that was a tease. Those, those receivers are so underpriced. Okay, so to now wrap just, up... Now you just got to pick the right one, which is the hard right. part, because I'll pick the wrong one.
0: So to put a bow on, on the quarterback section here,
1: um, I am going with Jalen Hurts.
0: Who's your guy at quarterback? Who uh, Who is your top guy at quarterback for this league?
1: Oh, man. I'm going to say that I'm still a coin flip between Burrow and Mayfield, but it won't affect our build too much because we're spending the same price, essentially. So I'm going to go in there. But one thing before we move on really quick. Yep. A lot of news out of San Francisco that Trey Lance might just straight-up beat Jimmy Garoppolo out of the gates, even though this right. was a, a placeholder. Garoppolo's got the job. Trey Lance, so young, went to an unknown college, hasn't played enough games. He'll get there. Apparently, he's getting there rather quickly. So if he is 4500 bucks against the dreadful Detroit Lions in week one, and he's been running a lot in camp, mm-hmm. the word is. Yep. That is a guy that you have to, if you can save two grand off of Jalen Hurts, I know it's his first NFL game, but Lions are basically a college team anyway. That is a spot that I am looking to save a lot of cash.
0: And I think we would be remiss to not mention too, that Carson Wentz is officially going to miss week one and beyond.
1: Well, okay. It's August 2nd. We just got the news from today that he's going to go undergo the foot surgery. Huge range, five to 12 weeks. If it's five weeks, technically you are a few days ahead of week one and could labor out there. I would be shocked. It's Carson Wentz. He's always hurt. Why would you force him out there on the short end of surgery? But just – Just setting the table.
0: Something to monitor because Jacob Eason is 4,100 for week one now going against what was another terrible secondary in the Seattle Seahawks. So obviously Mm -hmm. a lot to uh, still get information about and see where this goes. But that is something to monitor as the weeks go on. Because like we said, we're over a month away from as we're recording this. Running back. uh, Two running backs over the 9K range. Christian McCaffrey going up against the Jets 9,500. Dalvin Cook. Going up against the Cincinnati Bengals, he is at ninety one hundred, and then it's just kind of a big cluster after that between the eight and seven k range, between some of the you know more dynamic names in here. A lot of pass catchers in that range too, as well. Alvin Kamara is in that range. Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, all in that seven to eight k range. Uh, where are you kind of looking at here? You know. We talked about how, you know, the Browns may have to, obviously I'm going to have to keep up against the chiefs, but if there was one way to get to the chiefs last year, it was on the ground and Nick Chubb, who just signed that big contract with the Browns uh, earlier this off season, Obviously, he's going to catch out of the backfield. He is going to be that guy for the Browns moving forward, even though Kareem Hunt is still in the mix. But Chubb was that guy, even with these guys splitting reps, essentially all throughout the year. This is somebody who averaged just under 19 DraftKings fantasy points per game, 13 touchdowns. I think Nick Chubb's is going to be the way I'm going to go to start my build at running back in week one.
1: I don't hate it. I don't totally disagree with you. And like all your points are valid. I just get afraid of, I mean, I think the Browns are going to be good. I think this is going to be a shootout. I think this is going to be a good matchup. Um, You look at the playoff game, only 13 carries for 69 yards, only the 9.3 DraftKings points um, in Kansas City. Yep. But that was a weird game. Um, There's certainly a path for Chubb. I just might save more because, like, there's different ways that Chubb could not be involved if Kansas city comes out hot, if Kareem hunt poaches a a touchdown or, or two or whatever, um, or if he just doesn't have a good game. And I don't know if I want to spend 7,200 on that, especially when like the guys above him. I'm not playing Barkley at 7,800. No, I'm probably not playing Jonathan Taylor at 8,000, regardless of who the quarterback is. If it's not Wentz, then maybe you go down early and the path just isn't there for Taylor.
0: But wouldn't, wouldn't if Eason playing, wouldn't that make you like Jonathan Taylor more if Eason is the starter? Like, that's where I, that's again, we're obviously where you have to keep an eye on this, but that would make me like Jonathan Taylor more if it is Eason.
1: That's one argument. And like, yeah, the first two drives of the game, yeah, Jonathan Taylor gets like 12 touches. Right. And then you're down 14 nothing. And it's like, well, we got to start slinging it. So I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure, but it's a good offensive line. It's a good, like, Taylor, you can talk me into Kamara. I have no interest in with the quarterback change because those swing passes from breeze, like you're talking about like nine receptions for 75 yards and maybe a receiving touchdown every game. I don't know what we're going to get from another quarterback position. We got to throw up in the air. Winston, I assume it's going to be Winston right. or uh, Taysom Hill, Derrick Henry, 88. We're getting expensive against Arizona. If I'm going to play yeah. Tannehill and Brown, I'm probably not going to play much Derek Henry out of the gates right alvin cook 9100 if you make me pay for a big one probably going to go dalvin cook against cincy i feel like that's a good spot for me He's just super expensive cmc 9500 against the jets that's a lot so i, I just don't know necessarily where i'm going to spend up running back's going to be tough i i might just play two cheaper running backs on this slate um until news changes something like somebody's gonna get hurt and then there's gonna be a running back that's 4500 bucks by the time you maybe listen to this in late August or early September that we can plug and play yep. um, but just going through the board like man I don't you got a guy like James Robinson that's 6400 bucks going to Houston yep that's pretty cheap Um You know, not the best. I like Najee Harris in general, maybe not the best spot for for him to start his career off. But as you keep scrolling down, like a Mike Davis, 5,400 against Philly, um, Damian Harris against Miami. Damian Harris, I think, is going to step in to be kind of like a featured back for the Patriots this year. Um, Throwing in this name of this podcast is Unreasonable Odds. That means we can throw bets in whenever we want. Damian Harris, 845 rushing yards. On DK Sportsbook. Last year, he played in 10 games and ran for 691 and was in a like three man timeshare, 17 right. game season. If he doesn't get hurt, he, you're telling me he's not going to run for like 150 more yards? Right. I don't take a lot of overs. Running backs, you actually take under because they get hurt. Damien Harris, over 845 rushing yards. He's a guy, 5,200, week one at home against Miami um, that I can get on board with on this slate. Man, running back is—if you can't tell as I ramble—running back is really hard on this on this slate. Like I, yeah, I said maybe Houston surprises people, and you have um, a guy like David Johnson. Then you scroll down the slate, and I completely forget Philip Lindsay has a Houston next to him. Mark Ingram has a Houston next to him. Those guys apparently yeah. are in the backfield now too. I don't know where to go at running back. I know I don't want to pay up, and I don't know where the value is yet. So this is a position that's really going to trend towards the start of the season. Um, but those guys I gave out in like the low six k's, the low five k's, like that's the range I'm looking at.
0: Yeah. And, you know, obviously I, I agree with you. I think this is the hardest position on the slate here to kind of figure out who you want to use. I mean, really after you get through the top five or six guys, it's just kind of like a lot of question marks around, you know, really near the end of the board. Um, I was kind of looking at JD McKissick just because of how many targets he got last year, but, you know, Washington added some decent receivers this offseason. Right. So how much are they really going to need uh, McKissick to be that guy who's going, you know, going to average, uh, what do you end up averaging? Um It was 113 targets through 17 games. I mean, you know, for him to realistically average under seven targets per game, just under seven targets per game is uh, seemingly out the window now. I mean, he's probably entrenched in that RB2 role, but he really wasn't, you know, that guy that you need on the ground. He was that guy that was getting all the PPR points through the air. And I don't think that's going to be replicated again this year. So 5,100 at this juncture feels probably a little too expensive, but if you're just going off the numbers he had last year, you might look at that and go, wow, I can get a, you know, a, a, a RB two that has that much target upside. And I, I just don't think that's going to be the case this year.
1: Yeah. I, I don't have much to add. Running back is, is really tough. And like, as you scroll through the bottom, like, oh, give me a name that got minimum priced that we can throw in there. Like, I don't, I don't know yet in the early look and we are on the early look, Um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily there. Uh, you want to switch over
0: to wide receiver? You good? Um, yeah,
1: we can so, keep it moving.
0: So this is what I actually think makes running back so much harder is that you look at the top five wide receivers that are priced here. We got Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, and Justin Jefferson. I would fair to say that all five of these guys are in like good to... Borderline like elite matchups, and that's what makes this tough. Tyreek Hill going against the Browns, Devontae Adams against the Saints. I think big question mark around their secondary this year too. Uh, Calvin Ridley, the bona fide wide receiver one now in that Falcons offense, unless you know yeah. Kyle Pitts ends up taking over. DeAndre Hopkins, what is supposed what should end up being a shootout against the Titans, and Justin Jefferson going against the Bengals. So if I'm going to be allocating my my money here, my salary. It's not going to be at the running back position. It's going to be a wide receiver.
1: And there's so many guys that
0: you want to pay up for.
1: Yeah. We just talked about, you know, all of our troubles uh, paying up at running back. And then you look at the top of the board here and it's like, perfect. If I'm going to play a five, two, uh, if I'm going to pay 5,200 and 5,400 for my running backs, I'm paying, you know, 8,200 for Tyree kill and 7,900 for Calvin Ridley. No problem. Yep. I don't really, so, and like you said, I don't really, I guess my eyes go to Hill and Ridley because those are the two guys I mentioned. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you're building multiple lineups, like that, you probably want all five of those guys sprinkled in um, having like two of them in different lineups. Yep. And the,
0: so the interesting part is if we feel this way that all of these guys are in, you know, somewhat elite matchups and, you know, this is where we want to be going Where does the value come into play? Because that is going to be pivotal that we're going to need some of that value there. So people are going to be paying for Adams and Hill and Ridley and Hopkins and Jefferson. But if we go down the board here, where do we get some of that value? And that's kind of where we were going at with those Cincinnati receivers. They are so goddamn Mm -hmm. cheap. Like there's no reason why Tyler Boyd should be 5,200. Chase, I'm okay with a 4,800 because obviously the rookie coming in, but he already has that rapport with Joe Burrow. That was one of the big reasons why they drafted him. So it's, I feel like, you know, you don't need that, um, the preseason to kind of build that up and, and get used to each other. They're already there. You know, they had a couple year layoff because of Burrow being in the league first, but like Chase should be one of those instant impact guys. So to get him at 4,800, that feels like a no brainer. But Tyler Boyd, obviously, you know, the production fell off at the end of the year once Burrow got hurt. Obviously, that was expected. But when he was with Burrow, I mean, that was his guy. That was Burrow's guy, Tyler
1: Boyd. So we're well, getting. Oh, sorry. You're saying sorry. Go ahead.
0: Um, so to get that wide. Receiver <laughs> I stopped listening
1: one, to you. I stopped listening to you a little bit and got confused when I started re-listening.
0: Oh, okay. Well, thanks for being honest, at least. But getting that wide receiver one with Tyler Boyd back with his quarterback and Joe Burrow at 5200 feels like an absolute steal. So if you need that value here, but like you said, it's make it's picking the right guy, you know, which of these three guys and by far the lowest owned guy is definitely going to be Higgins. But of these three guys, you know, where are you kind of putting your attention at?
1: Yeah. I'm kind of ready to write off Higgins and I know it was going to be the popular decision, even though you can still get some of them. You can play two of these guys, just make combinations of burrow with each of the two, but yeah, it's a great spot to look on this slate. Um, I think Higgins is the easiest to write off because chase is just kind of the guy that he was with at at LSU that put up those big numbers that they can just come right back in and get on the same page. Um, and, And they have the chemistry. They have the deep ball. Chase is super talented. Like I, I like chase a lot. And he's Mm -hmm. so cheap on this slate. Um, I think he makes a a ton of sense. And then Boyd can be that slot guy possession receiver that Burrow has the chemistry with, like you said um, from the previous season. So I I think that he makes a a ton of sense as well. And like you put all those guys together and you're what still under $16,000 of salary invested in a quarterback and two wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you can easily, so know like you have those guys going, then you can easily have Tyreek Hill in the last wide receiver spot and Calvin Ridley in your flex and you got plenty left over like we're starting to we're starting to get somewhere here. Yep. One thing I would point out just like my I don't know, maybe contrarian thinking on um on Deshaun Watson. If you go to Brandon Cooks at 5300 bucks. Just look at his game log last year. Yep. Terrible start to the year. From week five on, he scored double digit DraftKings points in all but one game. The one game he didn't, he scored 9.9 9 against Cleveland. Got six of eight targets for 39 yards. That yep. streak in week five started with oh, look, Jacksonville at home. Yep. Eight grabs, 162 yards, one touchdown, 33.1 DraftKings points. Um, ran double digits the rest of the season. Had a double digits again, 17.3 against Jacksonville, 83 yards and a touchdown um, in the road matchup in week nine. Finished the season, week 16, 30 DraftKings points against the Bengals at home. This game's in Houston. 42.6 DraftKings points, 166 yards and two touchdowns in week 17 yep. at home against Tennessee. I, give me some Deshaun Watson and Brandon Cooks. And everybody else, get lost save your takes that stack is going to do something in week one. I think
0: one name just to kind of keep an eye on too, as well, um, is the jets new receiver and Corey Davis Uh, going up against a Panther secondary that has struggled all season long. Uh, They are going to continue to struggle. Obviously they um, saw something good in Jeremy chin last year. He's, I mean, just an absolute, he can run man, but he just, sometimes he gets a little too overly aggressive. And I I think Corey Davis is in a really good spot here. He is definitely going to be the wide receiver one here with uh, um, rookie Zach Wilson. But I think those two are just going to connect a lot this season. So I think at forty nine hundred, that's going to be a really low price for him. Because if he does end up being that wide receiver one role, uh, this might be one of the cheapest you're going to get him um, at any point. Because obviously he was overshadowed with Tennessee, with between behind AJ Brown. But when AJ Brown was off the field, it was always Corey Davis that was shining through. And you just look at like, you can almost always point out the games where uh, AJ Brown was out. Because Corey Davis just sees a massive uptick in his production. So if he's going to get those kind of looks in New York, um, and, I, and specifically here in week one, I think he's a great value at 4900
1: I don't hate it. I'll just uh, I'll close this out on the wide receiver position, I guess, with a pivot play here. Um, I think Tyreek Hill is going to be super popular. I think um, Travis Kels. Did you see this in the offseason? I did. We've- Okay, so we're going to call Travis Kelsey by his real name, which is Travis Kels. We at the Unreasonable Odds Podcast will start that trend while everybody else calls him by the wrong name. Um, Travis Kels is going to be very popular on this slate. If you're looking for somebody else to throw in there with Patrick Mahomes and spend down, and then you pivot onto those other high-priced receivers or tight ends, Nicole Hardman for 4800 the perception, The general perception on him is down because he's never yep. quite – Put it all together, but now you finally get rid of Sammy Watkins, who we know is always good for 50 DraftKings points in week one. And now that spot is filled by Nicole Hardman, who is going to get a lot of targets, who is, I know everybody plays really well in camp, but is playing well in camp. Yeah. Um, and it's just it, it it's time, you know. He's a young receiver that's going to plug into the number two wide receiver spot in an explosive offense with the best quarterback with all the attention on Hill on Kels. Right. Miko Hardman's going to have some games this season and I don't see why at 4800 in week 1 he couldn't have it.
0: Moving over to tight end, it is not a secret that Kyle Pitts is probably going to be the most owned tight end on this slate. You know, the the scouting report has him as more of a wide receiver than a tight end. The Falcons obviously invested their top pick in him. And once Julio Jones was out of town, all the talk has been about Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts. that. At, at 4,400 on this slate, it is going to probably be uh, feel like a free square because it's obviously not expensive. And if he starts to get the amount of production that everybody is talking about, then why wouldn't you not? But for me, that means I probably want to be looking elsewhere if that's the case. Kyle Pitts is probably going to be one of the most popular cash game plays on the slate, bar none. it's like i said it's mostly it's basically a free square at the tight end position are you interested in kyle pitts or will you be looking elsewhere
1: i am interested it's hard not to be um especially with how interested everybody's also going to be in ridley so if it yeah like they'll both be popular but there's still something to having a lineup with pitts and not ridley in there um so i don't think it's a total i don't think like it looks like he's the cash play. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, first game tight end, we don't do this often, but no, he's a legit receiving weapon. Um, but if you can get any kind of pivot, like I, off of a guy like Ridley being popular, I don't think he's unplayable in, in a tournament. Um, yeah. especially if maybe like, maybe you want to go two tight ends. Maybe you want to make him your flex, like be a little different. Who knows? Um, it's tough to see exactly where to where to go like uh Kels is super expensive
0: um i'm not i'm not, not going to, i'm not doing this i'm not doing it
1: you can well, do it the, i'm not Tra- doing it Travis Kels is 8300 bucks super expensive save 2 grand on on Kittle um sure it's a good matchup it's a guy you can look at i it's tough to see where to go the Fal- on the flip side the falcons are always awful defending tight end yes um so, Dallas, so Dallas, Goddard, Goddard. Dallas Goddard's in a decent position. I'm trying to see if he played Atlanta last year. He didn't. Um, he had a good season. He's obviously in a good spot. I don't know if I want to go with the, the New England double dip tight ends. You got Hunter Henry at 4,700 against Miami. You got John U. Smith at 4,100 against Miami. Meh. Um, Robert Tonyan ended the, ended the year on a pretty strong run with Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Um, he scored nine point eight or more DraftKings points in every game but one since week eleven. Yeah, strong finish. Um, and Rogers obviously back. Austin Hooper four thousand bucks against Kansas City. The Baker Mayfield offense, good spot. Kansas City struggles against tight ends. I don't know how much further down I can look than that. Um, Mo alley Cox twenty nine hundred. We don't know who the quarterback for Indy is going to be. But Moelly Cox had some some flashes for very cheap 2,900 against Seattle, Um, a team that I think historically is meh against tight ends. I guess that's as far as my eye goes goes down here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I love punting tight ends. Uh, it's always a position that most likely that I, I, I punt when it ends up making these football lineups here. Uh, obviously, no real value really brings out comes out to me as of yet. I was kind of sort of inclined to look at Jared Cook just because uh, Justin Herbert loved going to the tight end position during the season when he had Hunter Henry. Uh, Hunter Henry obviously no longer with the Chargers. He's now with the Patriots. But, you know, Jared Cook's a decent red zone threat. It's just a problem that Washington is very good against, or was very good against the tight end position last year. So I might want to wait on that a little bit. He's But he's only 3,800 uh, with his new team. Early report says that he's already have a quote-unquote solid rapport with Justin Herbert already. So that is going to be an area that he's going to be going after. Might be something to consider as the slate gets a little bit closer. Uh, so it's just something to consider there. But uh, I think, like I said, the big story here is that Kyle Pitts is going to be by far the most, one of the most popular plays, not only at the tight end position, but maybe overall on the slate. I think that's fair to say, especially in cash games, uh, that is going to be the consensus with that one. Any closing thoughts on tight ends? Go ahead.
1: Yeah, two quick things. I mean, number one, um, I just think, you know, it's only bad chalk, like if it doesn't work out. And I think Pitts is going to live up to the hype in week one. So like, I'm fine just playing him as things stand. Um, the, the other thing here, I'm going to keep going with Houston. Can I talk you-, you into punting here? Jordan Aikens 3000. You said they don't have receivers. So if they don't have receivers, they have the ball has to go somewhere. And he's 3000 bucks at tight end without much competition. I mean, I guess,
0: I mean, you're, you're way okay. too into Houston. You're way too into
1: Houston for my liking. So if you want to play Houston, If Watson plays at home against Jacksonville in week one, they're going to do something. What are they going to get shut out by the Jaguars at home? Yeah, maybe actually. Okay, perfect. That takes us pretty much to defense special teams, which we're going to skip over. So we already, we can skip it because we know that you're playing Jacksonville here.
0: (laughs) Feel free to send me your head to heads. I'm all down for some action. So if you want to load up on Houston and I load up on everybody else that's going to score, by all means, that sounds great. So we can do that. All right, what is going to be your way-too-early slate-approved pick for this slate?
1: Oh, I'm going to go a little – this has been the Houston podcast for me, so I'm going to go with – and I reserve the right to change my mind. Fine. I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks at – what is he, 5,200, 5,300? Brandon Cooks at 5,300. Um, so that I can save the Bengals receivers for the rest of you and probably for you. Okay. Um, You're going to go with Hurts.
0: Of course I am. I'm absolutely going to go with Hurts. Somebody that will score on this slate. Somebody that will get me fantasy points on this slate. Somebody I don't have to worry about, unlike Deshaun Watson. So Jalen Hurts by far going to be my slate-approved pick for this one. Way too cheap. 6400 is not the correct price for a QB1 in what should be a good, a much better-looking Eagles team coming into this season. So Jalen Hurts, by far my guy, is $6,400. Uh, what is going to be your favorite bet to make on week one? We are a betting podcast. We didn't talk about enough betting. What is your favorite bet here for week one?
1: Yeah, my way too early bet, and I'm going to have NFL best bets articles throughout the season kind of rolling out throughout the weeks and just kind of add to them so you kind of make the plays as we make them. I'll just make this one now. Like I've been meaning to start my week one article for for weeks now to get this one on the books before it closes at 9.5, 10. Road favorite of over a touchdown. Give me the San Francisco 49ers. I don't care if it's Garoppolo. I don't care if it's Lance. Give me the San Francisco 49ers. Minus seven and a half at Detroit. The Lions stink. They have awful coaching. They have awful coordinators. They're going to get awful play. Jared Goff's not a good quarterback. They don't have receivers. Go look at the receivers. Um, And then you have San Francisco in a bounce back year. They were Go look at the injuries the 49ers had, and you'll see why they had the year they had. Those guys are coming back. They have an elite defense. They have a very strong offense. They can run the ball down your throat, which is just going to preserve that lead that they get off to against the Lions. 49ers minus seven and a half on the road. I will lay it all week one. They are covering that in Detroit.
0: Miami plus two on the spread against the Patriots. They absolutely dominated on the spread last year as underdogs, seven and two against the spread last season as underdogs covering by an average margin. Clearly means
1: they're going to clearly means they're going to do it again. (laughs)
0: covering by an average of 9.8 points as road underdogs last year against the spread three and one. Give me them plus two against Cam Newton, who's going to last two weeks as a New England Patriots starter. This is the beginning of the disaster. They finally have enough of it in week two. Mac Jones is in by week three. Give me Miami plus two. Just don't think that they should be underdogs in this one. I get it. New England totally revamped the offense with all the weapons that they have now. Not enough when Cam Newton's throwing the ball, Miami plus two against the Patriots in New England, by the way. That's mine. I love that one. And that'll probably be um, something that we'll talk about all the way through. And let's not forget, we've got a lot of six-point teasers to talk about as the week comes through. So don't don't worry. We're going to talk about those because those are like literally my favorite thing to do
1: ever i already I'm a have base. a six point i have a six point <laughs> teaser i'll save that one for one of our future podcasts i've already bet i also I, already I, bet the niners i got them at seven because it was earlier but i have a six point teaser that we will do um oh. man that was a weird pick from you a patriots over nine wins <laughs> you don't like you, you don't like plus pick.
0: two from miami at all
1: no really mm. you're just you know i'm what not I, gonna bet the i'm not i'm, I'm not gonna bet the Patriots, but I think they win the game and I think they go over nine wins this season. I think they're 10 and seven.
0: I mean, that's fine, but is that with Cam Newton or with Mac Jones?
1: Cam Newton at least until week five. Wow. Week five. Or probably okay, so longer. So
0: I have week three. You have week five. Are we going to make that official?
1: Mac Jones. No, I, I think Cam will last past week five. Mac Jones isn't starting against Tampa. No, no. Not at all. Okay, so that's in week four. And you have Mac Jones in week three. So now they're going to go back to camp. (laughs) All right. I got you. Plus two Miami. That's it.
0: And that's also <laughs> going to be it for this podcast of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Thanks for joining us this week as we went through all the salaries for week one. As the season progresses, obviously we're getting more and more into the site, more and more into the betting. So make sure to hit the subscribe button on the DraftKings YouTube channel. Subscribe to us on iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast. So you can keep up with our weekly endeavors of what we're going to be doing for the NFL season. Brazilian Edlo, I'm Steve Buchanan. We'll catch you next week.